0: Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kamen, Thor, and Kenneth to discuss the topic of work-life balance. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Kamen, we're coming to you first.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm Kamen. I'm 28. I live in Copenhagen. I recently started working for a big uh, company called GN, specifically GN Hearing, where I work with hearing instruments. I'm in uh, app development, and uh, I'm coming from a smaller company where I had more responsibilities, but I feel like I've had a little bit of an easier time managing my work-life balance. And uh, in the last year, I've started up something on the side, and I'm trying to figure out how to manage the stress and uh, um, everything that comes with it from
2: starting in both.
0: Fantastic. A lot to learn on this one today, I hope, then. Uh, And it's great to have you on the podcast. Next up is Thor.
2: I have never used Teams before. just kidding. Uh, (laughs) My name is uh, Thor. I'm an engineering manager and I um, uh, work for a company called Siteimprove. It's a SaaS company. I actually know a lot of people in GN. My first job was in Oticon and my background is in hardware, Um, but now I switched to software. But I've been around the block, so to speak. I've done a lot of different things, everything from freelance to projects, to uh, consultancy, to hardware, to software developing, managing, Uh, and it has given me many different uh, situations where the work life has changed significantly. And so I I like the breath 1st approach to figuring out what I like. (laughs) So by trying a lot of different things early in my career, I kind of have an idea about where I would like to go. And specifically on the work-life balance, I found that a permanent position, but with Something tailored for me. Uh, for example, it's it's very easy to go hybrid, or you can um, I can work I can work from home from from Vietnam two times per year in the winter. So that makes very great addition to work life
0: balance. Yeah, so that's me. Thank you, Phil. Vietnam sounds incredible, by the way. Um, hopefully, we'll come into more into that later. Uh, Kenneth, over to you. Yeah, hello. Uh, thanks for having
3: me. My name is uh, Kenneth. I'm a senior software developer at the Monsenso where where we make. Uh, a digital health solution that connects individuals and clinicians uh, to provide some personalized treatment support. Uh, in my spare time, I play music, and I think that uh, I joined this podcast too, because it is uh, super critical and super important to have a good work-life balance,
0: and I'm really keen to hear some good input on... We're glad, Bennett's. Well, I hope we can provide that with you today, Kenneth. Uh, I'm sure Cameron and Thor are up to the job.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading-edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech, data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon.
0: Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. I suppose now that we've established a context around each of you, let's move into the topic in focus. You all have a question or a discussion point around Work life balance, and as usual, we'll go around the room and you'll pose your questions and the reasons behind it, and you'll each have an opportunity to give your take on that particular question. And quite aptly, Kenneth, we're starting with your question. He wants to know Is it essential to work on site to be able to obtain a good work life balance? We're going to come to you first, Kenneth, to give some context before we pass it to the other guys.
3: Yeah. If-
0: I thought of this question because I think it's, uh,
3: for my part at least, it's it's somewhat essential <laughs> to work uh, on site to obtain a good work-life balance. Uh, both because I have uh, opportunity to uh, to talk uh, with my colleagues and and discuss uh, topics that I wouldn't discuss on uh, online meeting, meetings, and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's somewhat easier to be at the, the office. On the downside, I think there is. Uh, I have to commute every day for one and a half hour, which uh, is not a waste of time, but it takes up three uh, hours of my working day or adds three hours to my working day, which I uh, actually prefer, but I would spend uh,
0: working. uh, So, yeah. Excellent. So I think we're coming to you first with this one. Uh,
2: Well, we're all different, right? There's uh, definitely an aspect, but the thing is, it's not just for you. if you like to talk to people and all your your coworkers are working from remote, then that'll be a problem for you, even though the other co-workers might be okay with it. Sorry. So um that's definitely that's definitely something to that, that's why some 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 people they want everybody to come home. I, I do feel that if everybody's remote, it's okay. Um because then you kind of just get adapted to virtual events and stuff like that. And if everybody's on site, it's also nice. The problem comes when there's hybrid um if there's one guy working from home he'll get detached from the rest of the group or one guy on site he'll be like sitting there wanting to talk to people but there's no one so it becomes gray when you go into hybrid so it's not essential but because i do think remote work works <laughs> but there's definitely something to be said for it um yeah it's, it's a hard question i don't know how much i should go in and talk every time but uh, it's definitely something to dig into Thanks to all. what was your thoughts on the situation?
1: It's, uh, yeah, I've, I've worked both. I've had opportunity to work remotely. Then uh, I moved and I tried uh, working on site the entire time. Um, in reality, the hybrid approach has worked best for me, but I can't do without going to the office. And most of the time when I'm working from home, uh, let's say that's, uh, nowadays that nowadays at averages once a week or twice a week, something like that. Uh, it's a sort of a social recharge. Because also having the colleagues there the entire time can be kind of heavy. There is not always a lot of personal space. Um, I'm curious what you guys think also about uh, working in cubicles versus an open office space, for example, um, because I think that uh, in the end socializing at work also uh, drains on the same energy as uh, that uh, social power that we have for uh, working outside. Uh, for Sorry, for going outside of work and uh, going to the family, going to the friends. If you get drained at work, then you're not really going to have energy for socializing outside. And that's uh, part of what I see as a uh, issue with uh, being on site all the time. Uh, Thor, you have a question?
2: Uh, yeah, two things. You asked me cubicles versus open office. Uh, I don't like cubicles. I think that's because I'm Danish. We're not used to them. Uh, I, have, I don't have a problem with open office, except that people might complain about me. <laughs> when I'm talking <laughs> uh, and of course, it would be nice to have an office, but I think it's also a little excessive to have an office for, for each person. Um, regarding the, the work from home. Um, so as I said in the intro, uh, I've been working many different things. And one of them was like while traveling, I was freelance software developing. And then this essentially I'm remote the whole time. I'm moving, I'm staying at hostels. And there the social life does not come from work. It comes from everyone else around you. You're stimulated a lot. But if you just go to your home, maybe it's a gray apartment with gray walls and gray wall weather, and, and you're working from home all the time, then you need some you need someone to talk to, and it can be very hard online. So, again, it depends a lot on the situation. Uh, yeah. During Corona, uh, we had a lot of events. For example, uh, the company, some, some a company I worked for, they would send uh, beer home on the company's uh, expense to people and then there'd be like a Friday bar where you would drink these beers and there would be a guy telling you about them and stuff like that so they would make events you wouldn't do that if only one guy was home you only do that if everyone's home um, so it's 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 hot there's it's funny because there's a a, a street a, a tendency now for a pushback to work not just from managers but also from developers um, and I was surprised because I thought everybody wanted to work from home. But some people, they, they just they wanted to go to work during Corona. They were like, can I please just come and sit at the office? I can't work at home. There's noise. There's family. There's all kinds of stuff. Trains. I don't know. <laughs> something just disturbing you. I need to go to work. Otherwise, I can't work. So for those people, it is definitely essential.
0: So Some great points. I was just about to go to Kenneth, but Cameron, you've added. I've got something to add.
1: <laughs> I actually have a question towards Kenneth. Um Kenneth you have a really long uh, commute at least by my standards an hour and a half in uh, one direction i'm very curious how do you what do you do with that time what do you do during that commute and uh, uh, maybe as a focus um, what's do you consider it as work time me time uh, personal family something else time
3: uh, i have no i, I commute by car uh, at the, at a highway to Copenhagen, uh, and and I, I would if if I had to, I'm, I have a, I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I have it, some nice arrangement would work. We have daily stand ups at nine, so I usually leave after the stand up because then my commute is like half an hour. But if someone forced me to come to work, uh, then it would actually I would be forced to to have a one and a half hour, which I I think is not completely waste of time, but somewhat waste of time because I'm not able to to work at least not on a laptop. Uh, Oh, but I can prepare, and, I, and I'm allowed to think when I drive my car, right? So, so I usually spend my driving time thinking about on the way to the office what on the list today to do, or if I have something from yesterday that is bothering me, not bothering me, but but it's yeah, I guess you know what I mean. But then I I spend I use my time in the car to to actually yeah about work. Which is uh yeah. So it's also work
0: time in some sense, but uh I was Yes. Yeah, I was hoping he'd uh he'd say he was listening listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast in that time. But uh, I'm always told you podcast. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: well cut out the rest and just put that in. No, no, <laughs> uh, Thank you, Kenneth. Uh, you know, Kenneth, have you got an answer to your own question? How do you view it? Um uh obviously do you need to work on site to have a good work? Wildlife balance? No, and that's uh, actually
3: the funny part. I don't have an answer to this. I also worked both hybrid, uh, remote, fully remote, and and hybrid and fully on site. Uh, so it was it was just. I think it's hard to say whether it's essential to work uh, on site because it's very individual, right? It, it depends on your preferences and what what needs you have. And and I would say I like working uh, uh, remote because. Yeah, I have, I'm home one and a half hour, hour earlier, right? So, and if, yeah, now I don't have uh, kids in, in uh, institutions and stuff, but that would probably also have influence on whether you would uh, if you find it essential to, to work on site to obtain a good workflow because it would have some influence on your work-life balance if you have to rush home to pick up kids in the institution or hand them in like six in the morning to be able to be at the, the office at the eight, o'clock. so just yeah, I thought it was a funny question because yeah, there are a lot of answers and and I think it's a subject for a good discussion because it's a, a very yeah personal thing actually I guess yeah definitely should, yeah
2: yeah so I was just gonna say you you made me think about so again when I was traveling what I did was usually find a co working space so that means compared to my colleagues I would be remote but then i would be sitting with other remote people it's kind of it's kind of a funny mix between the two it has it serves a dual purpose one you're surrounded by people you have someone to talk to and also of course they provide you with chairs and machines and internet and stuff like that especially if you travel in countries where they have less internet like that you need to go to a space where they focus on the fact that internet must be good but also just to get away a little bit if you're just stuck with your wherever you're traveling with or your family it can get really like it's okay to get some space now and then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I have, I, I can, I can adapt. I would say personally, I can adapt. I can work in all kinds of environments, but I just don't like doing anything for too many years in a row. Well, when
1: you were uh, working uh, in a hybrid model, I'm curious, do you guys uh, work specific days from home, or uh, do you have it kind of random depending on uh, what you have coming up?
3: No, I would say for my part, we are, we are. All five developers, and we, we are pretty uh, agreed on that we're working from uh, at the office in three days a week and from home two days a week. And and it's always the same days. And so, because I also think that it's important, like you said, Tor, that if, if someone, if you have to go uh, on site to work, it, it's not meaningful if it's only one person that goes on site, right? So, so I think we found a good solution in one sense where we. Uh, uh, developers at least agreed on which days we are at the office and which day we are working remotely.
2: Yeah, and we we kind of have an unspoken agreement that Tuesday and Friday is the on-site day, uh, but also I'm myself and terrible at it, uh, so I'm not really leading by example. Uh, I just stay home when I'm too tired to go, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely more people t- Tuesday and Friday
1: on-site. I have a feeling that I'm uh, closer to how you're dealing with a Thor. And I do find that uh, that there's a side effect. Uh, Sometimes I'm alone in the office and and it's not very nice. But uh, I often see also my colleagues uh, deciding to take the afternoon off. I mean, uh, the afternoon from home. Uh, And uh, it seems that it's mostly because of this, that you just don't have people there. We don't have a schedule like uh, Kenneth in your case. And uh, I think that might actually be something beneficial. It might help out with uh, also controlling when you get what kind of energy and get your body used to it. That's a uh, social energy that I was talking about earlier. Uh,
2: I would say that we have two developers on the team that are actually working on a desktop PC. So they do come to work every day.
0: So there's always someone. Nice. Well, Kenneth, thanks for that great question. I think we'll now move on to, to Thor's. Uh, Thor's question is where do you think we're going with respect to the 40 hour work week? Will the terms part-time or full-time employees soon become obsolete? Thought uh, so, as always, come to you first for some context before passing it around.
2: Yeah, so traditionally there has been like the understanding that you get paid for your time, and a lot of people, especially developers, are trying to push for people getting paid for their product, what they're producing. Ie, it's not about uh, working 40 hours, it's about finishing five tasks or whatever. Um, it's hard to quantify. It's easier to quantify 40 hours. But for a lot of people, and everybody can recognize this, if you're forced to sit for eight hours and you're tired, you don't produce that well. You can produce in two good hours, uh, but some days you can't produce in eight. And um, and even worse, you might make mistakes if you're tired. So you're sitting there working and you're actually, <laughs> you're actually h- h- hindering other people's work and you're talking and you're distur- disturbing. So it really doesn't make sense to see a person as effective or productive but just because he's working a lot or she's working a lot. So do you think there will be some sort of uh, rewriting of what it means to be a productive developer to looking at what you produce instead of how many hours you're there? The Great question,
1: and and I think we're coming to you first. Mm, I think it's difficult to evaluate. I think that's the biggest uh, risk of it all uh, is uh, when you're managing people, so whoever is above us and is looking at the work that we're providing needs uh, some way to objectively look at uh, how much work we're actually getting done. And when I was a young boy in Bulgaria, I would uh, do physical work and I would just have somebody over my shoulder taking a look at uh, is are are my hands doing something way before I was a developer. Uh, So I think uh, if we have some sort of metric, if we can if we can maybe make better reports, if we can figure out uh, an automated way to evaluate uh, the quantity of work, because it's tough. Um, in a couple of weeks, I might uh, fix a bunch of things, but uh, if have actually written less than 50 lines of code. And in another week, I may have written 500, but uh, nothing works and everything is a buggy mess.
2: Right. Uh, but, I mean, craftsmen do it. You need to fix a toilet and you have a fixed price for it. And if you finish fast, you go home fast. Um, So it just has to be some way of quantifying how hard is this problem. Of course, it's hard, but that's what TR is trying to solve, right? Um, Other tools are trying to solve. They're trying to quantify everything, put everything into metrics. Maybe it should be on team level instead of individual level. But as a team, you're done when you finish this, and then we all go home Thursday afternoon.
1: I don't know. Uh, Something that I've noticed at GN that uh, might stop to this is that... um, uh, the company culture is that uh, our business owner is our client and we deliver quality to him. So, if I was a handyman man and I had to deliver quality and like a final product in this way, then it would fall to a negotiation between me/slash my team or whoever represents us uh, and our business manager, knowing our capabilities and setting a budget for a task that we can make. Um, but I don't, even though we're presented with the idea that our business owner is our client, I, I don't think such a negotiation is held. Uh, we still have things like story points, but we are on a hard contract. I think that's where the dissonance comes from this. I think if you hire a consultancy, you can expect a uh, better quantif- uh, quantification. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, for something like this. Uh, but I struggle to imagine how it can be done with, uh, the classical model of, uh, full-time work.
2: Yes. Doing the full switch. So full-time work is based on production, not hours. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's tough to say early on how much a project is going to take. And if you're a consultancy, you're going to invest a lot of time into figuring it out so you can put a price tag on it and then include the planning into it. But if you're in a big company uh, where the project is uh, something that's going to last 10 years, that's uh, that's not something it's easy to put a price tag on. I think maybe it's an idea to do those uh, negotiations between a representative of the team and uh, the business owner. That might be something interesting.
0: Kenneth, what's your thoughts on this one?
3: Yeah, I very much agree with the comment, to be honest. I don't think that I have... Super much more to add. Uh, <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's about deliver, delivering a product, right? And it's, if we, yeah, I think I'm not sure to what I have to say
2: here. Okay, let me, let me uh, put a little uh, addition to the question. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the term overemployment. No, mm-hmm. it's a term for people working multiple full-time jobs. Shouldn't be possible, should it? No. Nope. But basically, if you are smart, you can produce in 20 hours enough that your performance reviews are okay. And you can do that twice. And then you'll actually be able to hold two full-time jobs and your performance reviews won't be abysmal. They'll be okay. And it's also because of the fact that there's a shitty curve that if you're average, you get this salary. And if you're a genius, you get like tiny higher, maybe 1% more. There's not really any purpose to going that extra mile. So Already, people they are like idling and they're they know like they just need to do this kind of work, that's enough for the boss not to get after them. And then they just fucking play games when they work from home and stuff like that. You know, they just uh, they know that this is like enough that I, I won't get any complaints from my boss, and then they just diddle the rest of the time. Some people went a step further and simply went out and got a second job because they have that excess capacity, and then some people. Most bosses don't like this. They feel they're being cheated because you know you I paid for you 40 hours and now you're working another job. You should be working harder on this job. Um, but is that fair? Because if you're producing the same as your colleague but you're doing it half the time, can you do it twice? Again, I like to think of the craftsman who's building much faster. Um, and if the manager doesn't know that these people are overemployed, they don't complain. But as soon as they find out, suddenly they feel you know cheated. But what if you just accepted it as normal work? And also in many other jobs, you just have to, I mean, yeah, in in, in in many branches, it's just about as long as you finish your work, I don't care what you do otherwise. Just as long as you finish by this time that we agreed on to the price we agreed on, I'm happy you can do whatever you want. And but it's just very hard to do with software, right? Or is it? I mean, if we really put our mind into it, as long as we have these managers that all as a, as a whole don't like it, and even the software developers as you, such as you guys think it's never going to work, nobody's going to try to fix it. But it's... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a utopia, but I, I do think that 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 if we could do it it would be better. And I also do feel we could do it if somebody really put some energy into figuring out these systems, a system that could do it. I don't know. It's just uh it's just funny that some people are actually doing it. But they only get away with it if nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. I read a story on Lemmy, uh,
1: like a Reddit substitution thing. Um that uh you really reminded me of right now and it was uh Uh, someone who was uh, uh, thinking about starting uh, to uh, get into overemployment. And uh, in his case, it was his entire team. And it was spreading like wildfires throughout the company. Um, All of the developers had essentially started reducing the amount of effort that they put into their work uh, as a unified thing. Uh, this meant that the throughput dropped, but the average expectation for each one of them individually was so low because of the low average that uh, they all got enough free time that they could do something like this. And uh, I don't want to judge uh, it's where I work because I haven't been there for long, but uh, I suspect that this trend might go everywhere. Um, maybe this is uh, the benefit of just being into IT, because a classical craftsman will not be able to do this. But on the other hand, if you're a, a third-party company working for a company, if you're a uh, what was the word? We use it several times now. Um, can you help me out? When you Sorry. are when you're shopping a company as a third party. All- oh, Sounds some- ah, Freelance. Thank you. That's yes 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 yes. Yeah. Either one of those. Either one of those then you usually have a, a set amount of tasks that you have to deliver within a period of time. And uh, then you, you don't really have that liberty. Um, I think Denmark particularly struggles also with uh, what you said uh, earlier uh, with, um, if you are this smart, you get this much pay. If you are way smarter, you only get the marginal increase in how much you get paid. So I think that the incentive also here is uh, not the same. Uh, talking with uh, friends in consultancy, uh, they, um, take a lot more money on average per project, and they usually tend to be able to get a lot of projects because they get stuff done. Um, But at the same time, in order to fill the plate for themselves, that's where we return to the main topic, right? They start losing out on work-life balance. They start working so much. And those people who uh, overemploy themselves, I'm sure that they also suffer to some extent From uh, having to work all of those extra hours on the second job, it might be good income, you might be able to manage it, but wouldn't you rather stay with only one job where you don't have to perform that high and actually have that extra free time for yourself?
2: Yeah. But that's the, it's essentially the same thing. Can you do 20 hours worth of work and still be, you know, everyone accepts that and you can choose to do another work or you can choose to grill with your children or whatever. But the point is that you can get out 30 hours, right? So everybody gets the same salary. Some people just have to work less, <laughs> essentially. I mean, that's another way. I'm I'm, I'm turning everything around. Uh, but it, I think it's uh,
0: I think it's an interesting thought thought. I suppose my my addition to that would be obviously the big movement of the four day work week. I know there's yeah, some companies. The yeah, there's some companies already in in Denmark and Copenhagen that are doing it, and they said their absolute productivity has increased whether that means overall has uh, or what, but it seems to be that they're, they're happier, the productivity is good, you know? So, yeah. so where where do we move towards? Yeah, that's a
2: completely different aspect. The fact is that why is everybody working 40 hours? We're all different. Um, some people can work 60, some people can work 20. I mean, it's why is 40 hours the, the, the time everybody works? Why is that full-time? It should be much more flexible, even if we
0: forget about this whole overemployment talk. It should be more tailored to the person you are. Great point. Anything else to add from anybody? No. Thor, thank you for another great question. And any of the avid podcast listeners will know that this question has been uh, done before back in 2022. Uh, Thor wasn't able to attend that one, but he is here today, which is great. Uh, now on to Kaman's question. Cayman wants to know, is it easier to balance your time in a big city or a smaller town? And, and in addition, what if you have kids, right? Um, it seems to be take up a lot of time in, in that work-life balance. So... German, over to you to give us some context.
1: Yeah, I moved a year ago to Copenhagen, and um, I was still working for the same company that I was working for remotely from before that, from uh, Horsens, a small town in uh, central Denmark, let's call it. And um, uh, what happened was that as soon as I got into the city and uh, I had to uh, establish myself here, a lot more time went into not only commuting, but also Getting around the city and uh, getting to where I need Um, sure I was uh, fully remote before that. So maybe that's uh, part of the reason why a lot of my time disappeared. But uh, um, the city itself is uh, drinking uh, from my time without me offering a straw. Um, And I'm uh, curious what your experience has been with this because I'm also thinking about kids Uh, and uh, to fully uh, put context on what's on my mind. I have three uncles who are all successful in their industries. None of them are doing IT, so not necessarily relevant here, but uh, for the most part, they have found their balance in uh, sitting outside of a city where they do work in a small settlement village or small town uh, from where they can uh, commute uh, within a commute of, uh, let's say somewhere between half an hour to an hour, and they can do their work there, get out of the city entirely. So leave the area that is associated with work on a broader level, and um, yeah, enjoy the countryside. What are your thoughts on this? I'm very curious.
0: Jennifer, I believe
3: we're coming to first for you. Yeah, I think I very much agree with your uncle's because I it, it, I, I think it's uh, nice to to go you know away from the city. And then I, I use that a lot myself. I live in the countryside uh, in a small village, uh, and I love coming home when I'm done working, which is also somewhat related to my first question. but because yeah, then I, I've. And I when I leave office, then I'm I left, and then I'm I'm off, and I can spend time on my uh, personal life and work things out at home. So so I think uh, yeah that's that's one good thing uh, I would say for for living in the uh, countryside and there uh, working in a city. But I also think it's it's also relevant for if you have kids, then again you uh, yeah you might have some yeah. some advantages living in a city where you have. Uh, yeah, more child cares, and you also have better shopping opportunities than I have probably. So, so I've, yeah, I think it's also it. It again, it uh, depends on your personal preferences as well. You are in your life and what you need and and what you everyday life is. Uh, I yeah yeah. Thor over
2: to you next. Um, it's a multifaceted question. So in a big city, there is a lot more to do and there's a lot more stuff you want to do, which I guess naturally means you'll be struggling to find time for all of it because there's 20 things you want to do. If you are in a small city, all you have to do is go home, cook dinner and then you know, you're know you not that much in a hurry. Maybe you don't have a problem sitting an hour extra uh, at work because you're not that much in a hurry. It depends on the city, depends on your social life. Maybe you're hurrying home to do something with your friends or I mean, when I was a student, I, I just hurried home to play computer, right? I could sink all my time into that. Uh, so, of course, it's it's not an easy answer, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, people always say that small towns are less stressful, right? You are more relaxed, you're more calm, you don't have the same hurry when you're in the city, you're always stressing around. And there's I think it's because there's always something to do. You're getting bombarded with uh, the with, uh, impressions and stuff you need to do and things that are cool that you don't want to miss, FOMO, stuff like that. But But I don't know. Actually, we're moving from Copenhagen to a small city. So hit me up in a year, and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, uh, what if you have kids? Uh, that is, uh, that's a funny question. When I when I became a dad, I um, I thought I would have a lot less time. My performance would sink, and uh, you know, I, it would be easy to note that I was a dad now, just because I'm not sleeping, because I have to go home early, stuff like that. But in Denmark, you're lucky that there's a very great respect for people it's like it's a free card you can always say well i need to pick up my kid she's sick or something and then everybody's like cool that's fine um uh, so it's it's not it's not that hot and uh, when i told my then boss this he said well my experience uh, they have uh, parents have less time but when they do work they work more efficiently and and that's true as uh when i was uh when i was uh, there's also another uh, another term i like to throw around when uh, my granddad, he used to say, "I'll have time for that when I'm busy," and it's because when you have nothing to do, you you just don't do anything. You get so lazy. You're like you can maybe fit one appointment per day, and then that's it. It's always like, "No, I already got something Tuesday." But when you're extremely busy, you can you can really you start to organize your time, and you can just do so much more. And it's the same thing that happens with a with with, Barry, with a baby. If you know you have to leave at four, you'll be efficient from two to four. If you're sitting at home, uh, if, if you don't have anything to go home to, you'll just be idling or working slow or drinking coffee until five, and then you're like, "Oh, I better get some work done," and then you're tired, and then you go home. So you actually do less, <laughs> even though you're there more. And of course, this also talks into the thing, uh, the thing I had before, I talked about before. Some people are better at managing their time, um, but um, but yeah. So I don't think uh, I don't think having kids makes you less efficient are less productive. Um, And I don't know so much about the balance in the big city. I think you guys are both right. Uh, Yeah. I can
1: uh, be a little bit more specific with an issue that I'm experiencing with the big city. um, I was really social back in Horsens in the smaller town. Um, I had a big community. I was part of a lot of social events. I was organizing a lot of those social events. Uh, A big benefit of that was uh, that uh, I became an integral part of uh, the central community. I I didn't have a lot of anonymous people walking by me all the time. You know, you would recognize faces constantly because uh, you're a part of uh, this greater thing that includes everybody doesn't just include like a group that you have to go to a specific place to meet. And that specific part there, right, having to go to a place to meet. That also adds another layer of commuting that isn't like a job commute, but let's say I want to go out with some friends here now in Copenhagen. I have to prepare to leave an hour early from work because the commute is long and commutes in the small city weren't that bad. Um, and then, um, I have to also commute in order to get to a place where we can all drink together, whereas in a small town, that's, uh, a stone's throw away. Uh, Have you experienced this, that it's more difficult to find good places to gather up with uh, friends and uh, socialize when you're in a big city compared to a smaller town?
2: I think you have to fit in that community. In the big city, there's always a community for you, no matter who you are. While in the small city, you kind of have to fit into that agenda. And if you don't, it's harder. So you're lucky you fit well with those people that are around you. But if you don't, it can be hard. Um, And I bike in Copenhagen. And it's more like, I would say, 10 minutes everywhere, which is not that hard. And there's always a metro taking you home, um, while at the small city, you'll be waiting for a bus for an hour in the rain. So I have a different impression than you. Um, but of course, if the people just around you go to the same bar, and they all talk about the same things, that's better, right? But it's not always like that, I guess.
1: Yeah, the, the topics do seem to rotate. Uh, everyone knows everyone. So if, and if you just look across the bar, you're gonna find someone you can say a couple of words about that's true.
2: I mean, going to a summer house with a group of friends also ge- gives you a different talk because you're stuck there together, right? Well, it's funny. We have a in our group. There's a summer house in Huanbeck, which is 30 minutes from Copenhagen. There's a summer house in North Judland, six hours away. When we go to the summer house in Huanbeck uh, in the north, then everybody's like, oh, I got to do this thing in the city. I'll just be back and I'll come back in a few hours and I'll come later because I just got to hit this meeting or... Um, uh, I need to help my wife uh, move some stuff, so I'll just leave for a few hours in the afternoon. It, it gets very chaotic and stressed, right? Uh, while when you're in the house far away from everything, there's nowhere to go, so people are there, and they'll stay there, and we'll be able to have a lot nicer time, less stress, more calm. And I guess it's the same in the big city. People are always out doing a million things. It, there's always stuff to do. They always have like, oh, yeah, I just got to do this from 6 to 8, and then I'll meet you from 8 to 9, and then I got to go to this guy from 9 to 10. And it gets chaotic and you have commute because you go to all these places. Yeah. So, I mean, that would agree with what you're saying, but uh, I think that's maybe what you're experiencing. I don't know.
1: It seems like it might be. And it does sound uh, also with what you're saying that a smaller town might be uh, easier to deal with stress, which might add to, well, maybe not so much a better balance between work and life, but uh, get more life in there.
2: Yes. If the life there is good, it could be better, I think. It's just like, you know you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I think I do. I mean, what if you don't like the people you see every day?
1: <laughs> I guess that's when remote comes in very handy. <laughs> <random.
0: laughs> it's a great point. A great point to finish on, I think, for that one. Uh, Cameron, thanks for such an excellent question there, mate. I've added my own question to this one, and it is, I suppose, a, du- a duo of questions, so um, go with it how you will. But uh, I want to know, how can Danish tech companies... You know, provide a culture that encourages employees to prioritise their healthy work-life balance without compromising the work and deliverables. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, what measures can be taken to address these potential negative effects that remote working or the blurred boundaries between work and personal life uh, could propose? Um, I suppose there's not a whole lot more context to add. Um, so I suppose we'll just head around the room. Uh, Thor, we'll come to you first with this one.
2: Okay. Um, how can Danish tech companies foster culture? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I think that speaks into the other topics we've had. If you have motivated employees, they will work hard. So if they are able to go home when they need to, they will work more efficiently when they are there. Um, so it's not an either or. You can have people that prioritize self-care and maintain a healthy work-life balance that are motivated and happy and productive so they will actually be faster. Mm-hmm. So the question should be: How can you uh, have? Uh, how can you reach deadlines or deliverables without promoting self-care and healthy work-life balance? Yeah, like how is that possible? <laughs> um, and uh, then what measures could be taken to address the potential negative effects of remote work? Such as yeah, that's uh, also what you meant, Caleb. I mean that uh, you kind of have your laptop open all the time, and you're never home, and you're never at work. You're just always available. Of course, there are the old topics, you know, make sure you close your computer and then don't turn it off. Have a private computer you work on instead of just transitioning into private stuff when you feel like it. Having an office that you shut the door to if you have that luxury. But also, as I did, go to a co-working space. Even if you're remote, go to somewhere near your house and and be there and then that's where you work. It's the same when you need to sleep, right? Sleep in your bedroom. Don't do other stuff there. Uh, What's it called? Uh, Segment your house. And your, 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 your places. That would be my suggestion. It's a great point. How, Taman thoughts. Yeah. Um,
1: I think Denmark already does a lot. I worry sometimes that it might do too much, <laughs> um, It's uh, going back to what I mentioned, that there might be a global trend of uh, developers uh, not trying as hard unless they're in consultancy or freelance to deliver. And um, uh, I think that uh, Denmark, at least does a pretty good job of allowing you to take care of yourself as much as you need to in your own personal affairs. Mm. I do see Sort of two different types of employees in the workplace. Uh, that this is to feed into the idea of reaching deliverables. I see the people who are, uh, so to say, um, adopting the ego of the company, and the people who are um, in drone mode, like they have. Uh, Dissociated themselves with where they are and they just let their body do the work. Their mind goes into it as well, but their thoughts aren't necessarily present there. And I think uh, Danish companies are really trying to get you to adopt the company ego, trust in the message of the company, uh, become one with the beliefs of the company and really try to strive for the same things that the company is going for. Uh, And I think they do a good job of not messing it up. Sometimes we get scandals, but I think that uh, this uh, culture is uh, something that gives Denmark its um, trust and credibility to a big extent uh, because you adopt your employees into having that core spirit. Um, I think if you can manage that, that's probably what you want to go for. Because those are people who are more motivated and they're going to look down the roots of the issues instead of uh, fixing something that's more surface level. Um, but I don't know how necessarily to manage something like that. I see a lot of it happening around me, but I still see people on uh, both shores, so to say only with, with idle perspective. Thank you, Kevin. Kenneth? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: I also think that it's, uh, it's uh, super, super important actually that, that the company also established some clear expectations around working hours and when you have to be available and that you respect that you don't you know call your colleague like uh, nine in the evening to to get help on something that that's uh, that you need right now uh, and, and and respect those things uh, as a co-worker yeah so
2: i'll please. just finish i just mentioned you said there's okay you mentioned there's going to be some frameworks so you actually would like the company to say you have to be at work at 9:30 or whatever instead of allowing people to show up when they want and go home when they want
3: yeah no no not like uh, like that uh, strict but you know within a reasonable uh, time frame uh, during the day right so it's just that i had some some not that good experience uh, in a, a recent workplace where people could actually call 20:30 uh, in the evening to say you have to do this or whatever and, and that was at least not something that uh, encouraged my myself to self care and healthy work life. And because that, at that point, I was maybe not that good at saying no or say, can this have to wait to tomorrow? Or so, so yeah.
0: Okay.
2: So it's actually not core working hours, it's like core non working hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. these times, yeah. you don't. Yeah, or at least always that big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. It's especially a problem in uh, international companies with people from
0: the US that call in Europe in evening time. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I suppose with the remote working has opened up so many other opportunities for people to work for companies internationally as well. Um, if, as you just said, that could, uh, could mean that you get some midnight phone calls. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, guys, I think uh, we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I really want to take this opportunity to thank Cayman, Kenneth and Thor providing their insights, but also their excellent questions into this topic of work-life balance. And if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. But for now, see you next time.